Thursday Connect Online. Good day. Buongiorno tutti. This is Pastor Jennifer Pasquale, Pasquale from the International Christian Fellowship of Rome. And I am so, so excited about our Thursday Connect today. I'm going to give you just a few minutes to be logging on. And hey, hey, friends, I'm so glad to see you again. It's awesome. Um, this week, we are going to be talking about how we hold on to hope in the waiting. Why is it hard? What do we do? And what does the Bible say about being in these difficult waiting seasons? What What's going to happen as a result of these waiting seasons? And today, hi, good morning, good afternoon. I love you, my friends. I'm so glad you're joining me. Um, Today, I want to um, tell you that I have a couple special guests. I'm going to do a couple things in the next couple weeks. I've got one of our fabulous university students who's going to be sharing uh, a testimony next week, next Thursday. And my friends, Nasha and Anwen from the ICF Rome Church are going to be, uh, Nasha especially, is going to be sharing some really powerful thoughts about scripture and about what we do during this time period and what God says for us. And I'm telling you, I just was so blessed and I felt the Holy Spirit descend and I know you're going to feel that too. So Lord, we just pray right now that you would help each one of us in this time period, that you would bless our time together and that you would really open our hearts to scripture, to what you want to say to us today. We thank you, Lord, for this connection time that we can have on Thursdays. And I just pray in Jesus' name that victory will be had by all. Hallelujah. Amen. Selah, God of angel armies, is with you. Amen. So, why is waiting hard? What does the Bible say about this process? And I want to give you the message that waiting is not wasted when we stay in the Word. Waiting is not wasted when we stay in the Word. So I ask my ladies that typically sit around the table with me on Thursday for Thursday Connect at ICF Realm, why is waiting hard? And Nana, I love you, Nana. I hope you're able to join us this morning. Waiting, Nana said this, waiting is hard because of the uncertain outcome of the results and because in the process of waiting, I must practice characters, character traits like patience, and endurance, which aren't easy. I must practice character traits that aren't easy. Uh, I must have the self-control, Nana said, not to go ahead of God's plan for me. Isn't that, sometimes that's so hard. We just want the answer. We don't want to be in the process. We don't want to be in the journey. We just want to get to the destination. But how many of us have heard the phrase that the joy is actually in the journey and the growth is in the journey process? Mary, Kieri, if you were sitting around the table, you'd hear Mary from Kenya. Nana is from uh, Ghana. Mary said, um, you know, when we're waiting, it's different and stressful when we have to wait to go in God's pace of events. Think about that. God's pace. Nasha's going to share something in a few minutes about what God wants us to do and God's system and God's pace. Mary, I love that. God's pace of event because he is the God of the long view. 
having gone through the creation process and um, he, we know he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Um, but he will not let us miss any steps in the stage. Isn't that powerful? And I just keep thinking about how in this waiting, in this, in this uh, stay-at-home order that has been extended for many people and actually clamped down and gotten stricter for some of us in different places, um, it feels like things are beyond our control. But last week I talked to you about that act of surrender. So for those of you that are just joining Thursday Connect, hi, hi friends, hi, I'm glad to see you, I love you, I'm glad we can all be a part of this Thursday Connect. I just want to remind you what we have gone through over the last four weeks, what what are those things? The first week was, what can we expect from God in the waiting? Some of you might know it, you could type it in there for me, P-P-S-N-P. Do you know? What can we expect from God? You can go back and watch the very first one. We can expect peace, power, strength, and purpose. We can expect God to give us peace. We can expect God to give us power and strength. And we can expect God to give us purpose if we listen to what his instructions are, as you'll hear from Nasha in a little bit. And then the second week, we talked about what can we expect, what does God expect from us? He gave us a commandment, do not fear. Be strong and courageous. He expects that from us. He expects us, as he said in Timothy, to guard what has been deposited into you. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He expects us to rejoice. And he expects us to take refuge in him. He's not surprised when you curl up in your chair or on your bed and you pull up your blanket and you pour your heart out to God. He's not surprised by that. So why is waiting hard? What does the Bible say about this process? And I want you to know that waiting is not wasted. Mary said this, the hard difficulty comes as a result of the conflict between our two temperaments, nature and supernatural, the flesh and God's nature. And it requires more stillness than we are used to. And Mary made a reference to Lamentations 3.26. It says, it is good that we should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. That's very powerful. I love that. And so I want us to look at Psalm 130, verse 5, another one that Mary suggested. And waiting, I love this, waiting is not passive, and waiting requires an expectancy. So when I know what God expects of me, then I obey and invite him in, and, and that means invite him into every situation. Then I can trust that he is going to give me those promises. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. Psalm 135. So I want you to take a listen to Nasha for about 15 minutes. Hang in there with us. I'm going to come back and wrap us up at the end, but it is a powerful message of what God says to us during this time. And Nasha and Anwen are um, our executive leaders, some of our executive leaders at the church. Nasha's from Zimbabwe and Anwen is from Malaysia and they're working in Rome. And so I invite you to sit back and let the Holy Spirit minister to you from Nasha as he brings the word and the revelation of the promises of God. And then we will finish what God has to say to us today. I love you.
Greetings. I'm glad that you could join us today for this uh, Thursday Connect meeting. My name is Nyasha Mutengwa. I'm part of the executive team for at ICF Rome here in Italy. And uh, I'm joined here by my wife, but she's serving as uh, the camera person today, filming this video. And uh, so I just want to say a shout out to her and thank her for being with me today as, as I share, as I bring this message to you. And uh, also, I would like to thank Pastors Rick and Pastor Jennifer for the opportunity to come into your house today on your smartphone or TV and share this message with you, a message of encouragement in this unprecedented time where we are facing the greatest global challenge in modern history of the COVID-19 pandemic. It is a time where people seek hope in every corner they can find. And uh, as you might have seen over the past few weeks, a lot of families have lost loved ones. Many more people have lost jobs, they've lost savings, they've lost, some people have lost everything they've worked for in just a matter of three months since the beginning of the year. And today, you might be joining me, or you might be joining us and wondering, what is God up to? What does the Word of God say about this? Where is God in all this? So today I hope the message I bring to you is from the heart of God for the time, for a time such as this. And I, I trust you be encouraged. And I would like to hear from you also in the comments below. Let us know what you think, what you believe, what you need prayer for. And you can also share encouragement with others who are joining us this afternoon. In this meeting, I intend to share on a few points. The first is where do we find hope in times such as these? The second is trusting God in every season. And I would also like to touch on prayer and giving in times such as this. And would like to conclude with what the future holds because the Bible is written for all seasons and for all times. And God, before this day, he already had a message for us, a word for this season. And we want to seek what that word is for our lives today. I would begin with from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. The Bible says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Then let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Other translations say, so that you may be perfect and complete. As God said to Abraham when he called him, Walk before me and be perfect. God still desires righteousness. So, even in situations like this, I believe God is still saying, Be anxious for nothing, but seek to please God 
seek righteousness. And he himself will establish us again, will make us lack nothing again. Paul was facing the, one of the greatest challenges the face has ever faced. At the beginning of the gospel period, the early church faced persecutions. Many were killed. Many lost livelihoods simply by confessing Jesus Christ. And Paul writes to the church at Philippi and says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So if you are born again, God has already begun a good work in you. And he will see it to the end. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is not going to leave you nor forsake you, even unto the end of the world. So you can be assured that even today in this situation, God is with you. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Yes, all things. Yes, all things, including a pandemic, including a health crisis, including job losses. Yes, all things work together for good. It's difficult to comprehend. It's difficult to imagine. But as one person once said, you can only connect the dots when you look backwards. It's important to remain faithful now. And one day you will look back and you'll be able to connect the dots. And you'll be able to see how everything worked for good for you. Simply because you have believed in Jesus Christ. Simply because you have believed in the truth. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. This is what God has in store for you. James says, for we know that all things come from the Father of light. So God provides all things and he provides good gifts. It is important that we realize that he has a plan even in this difficult situation. He has a plan. He has a future to get us through, to carry us through this season and to the, to the next season. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? These are the questions that a lot of people across the world are asking. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Verse 32 of chapter 6 says, For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Yes, God is our heavenly Father. He adopted us into sonship through the price paid by Jesus Christ on Calvary. It's Easter weekend we've just been celebrating that triumphant victory over the devil that brought us our salvation, following death on the cross. 
on the third day, Jesus Christ rose and is alive forevermore. And because of what he did for us, we can call God our Father. And our Father knows what we need, even before we ask him. And this delivery says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So what we ought to do even in this season is to seek God and his righteousness. To seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things we are concerned about, food, drink, clothes, will be added unto us. And also, a lot are worrying about tomorrow. Verse 34 says, tomorrow, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I believe God will not give us more than what we can manage. He has appointed this time to be as it is. But do not project it into the future, for he knows your tomorrow. Your tomorrow is different from your today, because he is in it and he determines it. One singer said, in his hands he holds the whole world. He holds our future. He has the plans of good to give us a hope and the future. Therefore, trust him with your today and trust him with your tomorrow. Cast your cares upon him, for he cares greatly for you. I also want to share with you one of the stories in the Old Testament from the book of Chronicles, chapter 7. It's one of the most incredible stories of giving that I've read throughout the Bible. Solomon, at the beginning of his reign, he worshipped God and he gave gifts before God, gave sacrifices before God, and God blessed him with wisdom and blessed the nation of Israel. And Solomon built a temple unto God, the first temple, which was a great temple. He gave everything to the building of the temple of God. And at the end of the building, there was a feast to celebrate and to dedicate the temple unto God. And in Chronicles chapter 7, we, we, we read the recording of that dedication. And verse 5 says, And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. It doesn't matter what era this story happens. It could be today. It could be last year. It could be a hundred years ago. 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. That represents a great sacrifice. That represents a heart of a man that sought God. And there is a verse that has often been quoted. But it's often quoted outside the context. It is verse 14 of the same chapter. And it says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I, then 
then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. This is the message that came to God. The first encounter that Solomon has with God after the great sacrifice. That night, God appeared to Solomon in a dream. So, I want to take you a few verses back from verse 12, following the feast and the dedication of the temple and the sacrifices. God, and verse 12 says, And God appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I've heard, I've heard thy prayer, and I've chosen this place for an, for an house of sacrifice. Verse 13, If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. Verse 14 then says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sins, and will heal their land. So we can see that God's promise that she will heal the land, that he will forgive the sin, that he will hear our prayers, was a direct response to giving. It was a direct response to sacrificing. And even in this situation, many people have rushed to verse 14, and they have humbled themselves and prayed, and they have sought God's face, and they have turned away from their wicked ways. And yes, God will hear, but it is important to realize what context God was speaking to people in. It was the context of giving. It was the context of sacrificial giving, so to say. And it was in that context that God said, Look, because you have emptied yourself before me, if you ever drift away from me and sin, and something of calamity falls upon the land, such as great locusts, such as a pestilence, such as drought, then I will hear from heaven once you humble yourselves and pray and sought my face. And I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive your sin and I'll heal your land. So even as we humble ourselves, as we turn away from wicked ways, as we seek God in this season, it is important to realize that God is moved by our giving. God is moved by our giving. God appeared to Cornelius in the New Testament and says, Your gift and your prayers have appeared before me as a memorial. He is cautious of what we do, even in our private, isolated homes now. We have the opportunity to give unto the work of God. And I just want you to, to encourage you to remain faithful before God and offer your sacrifices. If you have a job and you have an income, do not withhold God's time. Do not hold on to God's time. Offer sacrifices. Give offerings to God. And God himself will hear your prayers, will heal your household, will forgive your sin, and will bless you abundantly. And many are wondering, 
What is tomorrow like? What does the future hold? I believe God is up to something, unlike anything we've seen in the past. As it was written by Joel, I believe the prophet Joel wrote his book for this time. Because Joel, from the opening of the book of Joel, he talks of a difficult time where people have lost everything. The drought, different waves of locusts have struck the land and the land is bare. And in chapter 2, verse 12, Joel says, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. As we saw in the book of Chronicles, God is also saying the same here. Return to me. He is after our hearts. He wants us to come back to him with our hearts. I like how the book of Joel continues because it doesn't just end in the bad days. It doesn't just end in the difficult days, but it tells us what the future holds after the difficult days, after the calamity, after the plague, after the suffering, there is a brighter day coming. So what will happen when we pray and seek the face of God? In the same chapter, chapter 2, verse 24 says, Once we have humbled ourselves, verse 24 says, The threshing floors will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. And I will repay for the years that the locusts have eaten, the great locusts and the young locusts, the other locusts and the locust swarm. So this is the promise of God. There is coming a day when the threshing floors will be filled with grain. There is coming a day when the vats will overflow with new wine and oil. The grain represents riches. This represents the world in this world, which means the tangible servings, the tangible jobs, the tangible assets. That is what joy is saying to us. That is what the Lord is saying to us through the prophet Joe. Once we have come back to God and we've sought God, he promises to bless us in the physical realm. But it doesn't end there. He says, your vats will overflow with new wine. The new wine is the Holy Spirit. So he is going to have an infilling of the Holy Spirit. That is going, there is going to be a revival, a feeling of the Holy Spirit that will come out of this. And oil, which is the Lord's anointing for us to do what he has called us to do. And I like verse 28. This is the, a verse that is often quoted. And verse 28 says, And after what? After what? After you have suffered, after you have repented, after I have restored to you, Everything you lost because of the suffering. Everything you lost after I've restored it to you. After I've built up. After I've built you up. I've given you back 
employment. I've given you back assets. I've given you back your family together. I've restored your marriage. After all that, I will pour out my spirit on all people. I will pour out my spirit on all people. I believe there is a day of revival coming. A great revival unlike anything ever seen before. And your sons, the verse continues, verse 28, your sons and daughters will prophesy and your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Yes, there is that great day of the Lord coming where we will have communion with God, with God unlike any ever seen. It is important that we lay aside everything that might hold us back for that day, even as we seek God through this season. God has a plan. He has a day, a brighter day coming. It will not only be blessing in the physical, but it will be blessing in the spiritual as well. Your soul will be blessed. Your spirit will be blessed, just as your body will be blessed with great health. As your body, as your physical will be blessed with great wealth, as everything you have and own will be restored back to you. So, perhaps today you're wondering, how do I live under God's blessing? Maybe you're just joining us today and you're wondering, this is a great message, but am I part of it? How do I live under God's blessing, under God's protection? How do I receive the forgiveness of sin? How do I form a relationship with God? The book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 18 says, Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. It's an invitation to you. Maybe you're backslidden or maybe you've never given your life to God. He's saying, come, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. And verse 19 says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The land shall blossom again. The birds will sing again. There is a brighter day again that's coming. Where we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And he's saying, if you heed this call, you, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. You shall be part of that blessing. Isaiah chapter 53 talks of the sacrifice that Jesus gave for that brighter day, for our salvation. Surely, verse 4, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgression, for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Yes, before you made a mess out of your life, God gave you his only son. 
that he might die to take away that mess, to take away that sin from you. You do not have to hold on to the mistakes of the past. Even in this time where you are isolated, alone, you can have, you can receive that gift that Christ paid for on Calvary, the gift of salvation, to, re, to redeem mankind from sin. And you're wondering, this all sounds good. How do I actually get this? Romans 8, chapter 10, verse 9, gives the solution. And it's simple, it's as simple as things can get. It says, if you confess your if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth. Confess with your mouth. So it's simply saying, Jesus, I confess that you are the Lord. You are the Lord. That means he has leadership over your life. He has the power to give direction to you. That means his word has authority over your life. So you just need to confess Jesus as the Lord of your life. And you need to believe in your heart that the Lord raised him from the dead. That is the power of salvation. So you need to receive that. How do you receive that? Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and you will be saved. And I'm glad that you could join us this afternoon. And I look forward to engaging with you in the comments. And I just want to say thank you again to Pastor Jennifer and Pastor Rick for the opportunity to speak to you this afternoon. And I know Pastor Jen has a great message of encouragement after this. And I'll hand it back over to Pastor Jen. Of course, we are not in the same place because of the isolation. So we'll cross over to Pastor Jen. Thank you once again for joining us this afternoon. May God be with you. May God bless you. May God watch over you. May God watch over your children, over your families, over your marriages. May God bless you abundantly. I look forward to, to getting back together with you as we meet and praise the Lord, as we rejoice in that land that he has promised, where the goodness of God will overflow. I believe with all my heart that day is not far from now. So hold on to your faith, hold on to the hope, hold on to Christ, and there is a brighter day coming. Thank you once again. God bless. Wow. Amazing. Nasha and Anwen, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy working from, from remote places and studying the word and giving us such a powerful promise. There were moments there where I just felt like God was being prophetic. Uh, Nasha was being used of the Holy Spirit to remind us God is going to pour out his spirit on this land and that in the waiting and after the waiting, there is going to come something that is going to be so amazing. You know, this morning, even as I was praying for you, I really felt like God was saying that some of what we're experiencing right now has felt very difficult and very challenging, but God prepares us in these moments, not only for the great victories that lie ahead, but there will be other challenges that we will face in the days and months and years to come. 
we aren't going to go back to the old normal. We're going to have a new normal. We're going to have to protect ourselves a little bit better, and we're going to have to be more conscientious of things. Those aren't bad things that we guard ourselves, guard our hearts, guard our families, be more aware of each other. So, you know, even in Acts 1-4, it says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Boy, when you think you're going to be done waiting, and then the order comes a couple more weeks, listen to me. The Holy Spirit is in charge. If you're God's child, he's in charge of your life. I love what Nasha said about when we make him the Lord, we allow him to be the leader of our life. And so I want you to know that when God says wait, we wait. And when he says listen, we listen. Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14 says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. What does the Bible say about waiting? We can be strong and courageous and let our heart take courage for the Lord will help us to see his goodness in the land of the living. You know, I had been asking you to pray for our leader, Greg Mundus, and another missionary. They're both recovering. They're both, um, their body functions are working. One is responding to, uh, you know, commands and things. God is moving. He is doing a miracle in them. And so I know that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. As you write in the comments and the chats how this spoke to you, um, the word, when you know, when we write something, when we speak it, it, re, it resounds in our life and we remember it. So if there's something that you've heard this morning about the fact that, yeah, waiting is hard, but God is faithful, and that no matter what, God is with us, and that he has a promise when we give sacrificially of everything of our lives, uh, so powerful that he will hear us and he will heal us and he will minister to us. I asked some of my other girls, Audrey, Helen, um, waiting time is not wasted. And so I said, what do you do in this waiting period to keep the wonder of his word? Um, I love knowing and hearing from Nasha that the study of the word continues and the, and the process of serving God continues. Audrey, I loved your comment. You said, what, um, what do you do to help in the waiting period? You said, I surrender my future and this current moment to God. I remind myself that God is God and he knows what's best. Can we just take a minute right now, whoever you are, and I want you to be able to say, God, I surrender this moment to you. Maybe you've said, I surrender my past. Maybe you've said, I surrender my future, but God is saying, I want you to surrender this moment. So Father, someone right now has struggled with this moment, and I pray that they will surrender this moment. Thank you, Audrey, for that great, great tip. Helen, another one of our amazing university students, works on our tech team, is now a global professional herself. She said, you know, the Lord said he would speak to us through the Holy Spirit and through Scripture. So she devotes time to reading the Bible and discerning God's voice, and that helps her to persevere in that hard time of waiting. Every time I go to him with a heavy heart, Helen said, I re he relieves my worry and my pain. And every time fear and anxiety tries to overtake my body, this is Helen talking, 
I call upon his name again and again until I feel the physical healing. You know, sometimes we say Jesus or we pray and we don't feel the breakthrough. And so then we stop and we say it's not happening. But that's not true. Helen said, I pray and I pray and I call his name until I feel that physical breakthrough. Right now, God, I pray in Jesus' name that someone is feeling their physical breakthrough. Even as we finish this Thursday Connect, you will stop it and you will bow your head and you will begin to pour yourself out to Jesus and say, I need this breakthrough. I need this breakthrough. Another thing, Helen, I loved what you said. Helen said, there's no easy way, but there is a better way, which is remembering if he did it in the past, he will do it again and standing on Jeremiah 29, 11. Nasha and shared such a powerful message with us that there is a better way, and it's the way of Scripture. And it's not one verse, but it's the whole passage. It's not one thought, but it's the process of having Jesus be the leader of your life. And so today, it really was my privilege to share Thursday Connect with you, with my ladies sitting around the table, knowing that God is faithful. Boriana, thank you for typing your comments in there, Lisa and Barb. Audrey, Julie, so many of you. I just love you and I miss you. But right now, I want you to say to the Lord, are you the leader of my life? You know, we can look at why are they doing this and how is this going to happen? And what are we going to do as we start to gradually come back? We're going to do life. That's what we're doing right now. We're doing life. And um, I, I'm waiting for a new life to be born in our daughter, Jessica, and she has some high risk. And so we're praying that God would just protect her and shield her as she prepares to deliver our, our next baby boy grandson. And today, whatever you're facing, you type it in the chat right there. And as we pray now, my prayer partners are going to be praying with us. We're going to pray over this chat again. I just want you to be encouraged. The Lord wants to be the leader of our life. He does want us to hear from heaven, and he wants to heal our land. You know, I just had the thought that if my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit where God dwells, then this is the land, this is the real estate that I've given to God. Isn't that awesome? So if he's going to heal our land, it's not just our land of Italy or our land of America or our land of Spain or France. He needs to heal my real estate in here where he's dwelling. And maybe the real estate in here, the land in here, has been um, gotten some weeds in it, hasn't been tended to like it should be. And so as Nasha so powerfully encouraged us to sacrifice all, to not stop our spirit of generosity with the Lord, because as we do what he asks us to do, what does God expect from us and what can we expect from God? Peace, power, strength, and purpose. And we can take refuge in him. And so today, Lord, every need that's being listed in that chat right now, I pray, God, that you would do a miraculous intervention. I pray that as people pray through, like Helen said, I pray until I feel the physical healing. It might not be easy, but it is better when we trust God and let Jesus be the leader of our lives. I love you. I'm so happy we're going to have Carrie Job and Cody Carnes leading us in worship on Sunday morning at 11.30. You do not want to miss Pastor Rick's powerful message on Faith Moves Our Decisions and the worship with Carrie Job and Cody Carnes. So we've got some great things in store. We've got more surprises ahead, and we're going to be back together soon. So we love you. We're praying for you, and I hope you have a wonderful, blessed day.